Welcome to the Pro Aging Podcast. I'm Steve Gurney, founder of the Positive Aging Community. We're excited that you can join us for our interactive discussions with pioneers and thought leaders on a wide variety of topics related to aging and longevity. We're able to bring these discussions to you along with copies of the Positive Aging Sourcebook, thanks to the support of our Positive Aging Community Champions. Visit ProAging.com to connect with them and find hundreds of other resources. Today, we have a live and interactive discussion where with C. Lee Colley, who's a certified professional organizer, and she's to help people on five continents figure out what they need to do with all that paper. So let's jump into the discussion with C. Lee Colley. Button. I am really excited about today's discussion. We've done a couple of discussions on, on what to do with your stuff. And paperwork is always one of the big challenges that people are trying to deal with, whether they're moving or downsizing or they just want to organize um, their, their life, how we handle our paper clutter and how we know what to do with uh, our paperwork uh, is a huge challenge that we all face. And so to help us better understand that challenge, we are going to have uh, C. Lee Cauley, C. Lee Cauley uh, today, who is an expert in this area and um, has a lot to, um, a lot to share. C. Lee, welcome. And I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. What a pleasure to be here. And I'm, I've got lots to share, so we should dive right in. Exactly. But before we do that, let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about your background. What got you into this line of work? Absolutely. So I am, uh, I've been organizing for 20 years. I started in 2003. That's my 20 year anniversary. And traditionally I was going into people's homes, but I've now transitioned my business and I'm teaching online courses and doing education. I've actually had the honor to teach people on five different continents right now, which is so much more um, satisfying than just the people I could traditionally drive to or fly to. Um, I am a certified professional organizer and there are fewer than 400 of us worldwide. It's something I'm very proud of. I got my certification in 2007. So um, that, so all to say, I feel like I'm pretty qualified. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Well, I agree. Oh, well, hey, look, this is what I love. We already got a question. How does somebody become a certified professional? Oh, organizer? excellent question. Uh, Patricia, so, yeah. Uh, thank you. It's, um, uh, it's not, it used to be you had to have 1500 hours over uh, transferring organizational skills over three years. They've changed that because that got difficult, especially during the pandemic. It's now 1500 hours over five years. You can, you take an exam. It's a certified exam. I studied for it. Um, and yeah, and then you just need to maintain it. So and, I do. And is that organizing body, uh, NAPO, National Association it's, of Professional Organizers? It is definitely part of that group. Yes, uh, the, okay. the board of, um, and so I recertify. In fact, I have to recertify this year, but um, you, you just need 45 credits and I'm always on calls and learning. So I've got probably double that at this point. Okay. Um, I dropped in the uh, the website link for folks for that uh, certified professional organizer um, 
page. So hopefully that's helpful. Well, I'm going to duck behind the curtain. I'm going to remind people, although they know because they're doing it, to let's give Celia as many questions and comments as you have. We want to make this a great experience. And then uh, Celia, if you want to share your screen, you Absolutely. can uh, and feel free to take a break or two and I'll let you know if there's any questions that come in. And if a question comes in related to something you're talking about, I may break in and uh, and and share that with you. Thank you, Steve. So one of the questions people always ask is, who do I help? And and really, I do I do focus my energies on an older community, um, people that are my age and stage, right? I'm semi-retired. And I think that once you're finally done taking care of your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, your job, your home, you know, you can actually focus on yourself. So those are the people I like to help. And the other thing that I found is that so many of my students, they are super creative, really intelligent people. Almost every single one of them has a master's, if not a doctorate. It's it, it, I only have a bachelor's degree. Um, so it always kind of makes me laugh when I think how educated and creative they are, but they've been giving so much to so many different facets of their lives that they often kind of put themselves last. And, you know, let's face it, papers aren't fun to organize, right? It's There's nothing sexy about organizing papers, but it really does need to get done. So those are the people that I help. And I know that you're here because you read that I have a new method. And you're thinking to yourself, well, there's nothing new under the sun. And perhaps that's true, but I'd love to share my screen with you and kind of talk you through what my, oops, let's get you the, okay. So, um, what I'd like to say is that traditional methods of organizing paper are not necessarily successful. And if you're getting success from the system you have right now, then amen. If it isn't broke, don't fix it, right? If you have a system that works for you, I love it. But chances are the fact that you're here listening to me is that you don't have a system that you can rely on, that you can trust. And so I'd love to know if um, you anybody's heard these acronyms for paper processing. And if you wanna like do an emoji in the chat to let me know or jump in there, these are the kind of the acronyms that I always hear, and you have to know that us organizers, we love an acronym. So there's OHIO, right? Which stands for only handle it once. And I find that this is one that people have often heard, but it's really not a realistic way of approaching your paper. In theory, the idea would be that every time your mail came in, you would only handle it once. You would decide, exactly what to do. And if it needed action taking, you would take action on it right then. You would not put it down. Let's face it, that's not realistic for our lives, right? I So I'm not a big fan of Ohio. There's the FAT method, which is actually with from Barbara Hemphill, and she is highly respected in our field. And that is file, act, toss. And I totally agree with that. With almost all of the paper in your life, you will need to file act or toss it. I just don't love an acronym that's fat. And there's other things we need to do with those things. It's telling us what we need to do. And then there is also the SPACE acronym. And this is from Julie Morgenstern. Again, highly regarded in my field. Really, she's written some of the best books about organizing. And SPACE stands for sort, 
purge, assign, containerize, and equalize, which is absolutely true. You will need to sort and purge and assign and containerize and equalize with any organizing project you do. So these are some of the traditional methods of paper organization that I hear people try. Um, so why are these misleading, right? Why is that the case? I believe it's because they only talk about the how and not the what, okay? They're talking about how to deal with it. We need to file the paper or act on the paper or toss the paper. They're telling us how we need to take an action, but not what the item is. So let me go on. So there are other traditional organizing methods. There's the tickler system. That's um, when you have uh, file folders that are one through 31 representing the days of the month and then the months, January through December. And the idea is that you get a bill and you say, I'm gonna pay that on the 30th of the month and you put it in your 30 folder. The problem with that is that you have to remember on the 30th to pull that folder out. I find that the tickler system works for people who are already very disciplined and very organized. Or I find that so many of my clients when I was going into homes would try this system, not on my suggestion, um, and they would just spend a lot of time putting the task off, opening up their file, ah, I don't really wanna do it today, I'll put it in next week. Um, instead of actually taking action on those things, uh, getting things done. This is David Allen, GTD. People who are GTD people are fanatics. And I do like that David Allen describes the um, what's the next action. I think that that part of his system is actually brilliant, but it's a very intense system. So again, this doesn't necessarily work for everybody. There's this... Um, Thing called the freedom filer. And in theory, it's the only filing system you'll ever need. But I never found that it worked for my students because, for my clients, because it wasn't specific enough for them. It would be like real estate. And they're thinking, well, I don't own a home, I rent, that doesn't apply to me. Or I actually have five rental properties. It's all that information is not going to fit into this. So the freedom filer. Um, didn't, doesn't seem to work. Um, then again, there's the searching YouTube, right? We've all done that, gone down a rabbit hole, type in how to organize my paper and you'll probably get like 4 million hits. The problem is, is that all of those systems are can be quite disjointed. And then um, my students who are probably gonna watch this on replay, uh, when I talk about binder systems, I am not a binder fan. And if you're a binder fan and it works for you, gosh darn, bless your cotton socks. I, it doesn't work for me and it seldom works for my students. And I'll tell you why. It's very laborious, right? If it's something you're actually referring to often, to pull the binder down, open it up, flip through, and then putting things in the binder, you know, punching the holes, or even if you're using the slash pocket method, it's still quite laborious. It's not that easy to shove papers into slash pockets in a binder. You need a lot of desk space. And often my students have limited desk space to start. So these are a couple of other traditional methods that I'm not a big fan of. Um, and part of it again is 
because they're all talking about the how. And I believe the how is important, right? We need to file, act, and toss. But I truly believe that you must start with the what first. And I will go on to explain that. So I have a system I call the karma of paper management. And of course, because we all love acronyms, it does stand for something. But why is my method better? Why? I'll tell you, because first of all, it works. And I've, I've been teaching this method literally since 2005. So I can see that it works for clients and now for students. Because if you can identify exactly what you have, you will know exactly where it goes and how to deal with it. And finding things and trusting that you can find them, knowing where it is, is essential. And knowing how to deal with it is also essential. And this is my system. And I really um, think that if you can turn your head around, and I'm gonna repeat this, cause I know I really want you to understand this concept, okay? What the piece of paper is, determines exactly where it goes and how to process it. And it's a kind of a new um, way of looking at things. I'm gonna refer to Marie Kondo. One of the things I loved about Marie Kondo, and if you're not familiar with her, she wrote The um, Magic of Tidying, The Magical Art of Tidying Up. Um, her concept was instead of deciding what to get rid of, she said, embrace what you wanna keep, right? It was a 360. So it does it spark joy? Is it something you wanna keep? You have to decide, she wants you to decide what you wanna keep, the rest is all gone. That was how she turned it around. And that's what I'm hoping that you can do based on my ideas is kind of change your perspective about your paper. So as I said, Karma is an acronym, and I know that I've spelled crud wrong. I had to do it for my acronym. Please forgive me, but this is what the K-A-R-M-A stand for. K is crud, right? Um, A are your action items and active projects. R is reference. M is memorabilia and A is archive. And don't worry, we're gonna go through them. I'm gonna explain them to you, but I just want you to understand that, well, all paper falls into one of these five categories. I've yet to find something that can't fall into one of these five categories. So let's start with K for crud, right? So the way I think of crud is the crud is the stuff that is kind of uh, like forcing the machine to stop, right? A smooth running machine has no crud and it's a well-oiled machine. The cogs just work. And that's what I want my students to have, their paper management system. It just makes sense. They don't get hung up and they need to throw things away, right? So one of the things I tell my students is trash it, don't stash it. And how many of you, hands up, if you don't know what to do with something and you think, oh, I'll just save it, I'll, I'll just file it, I'll just put it in a pile, right? You're not making a decision on it. If you actually looked at that paper, probably, and I say with my students find that they get rid of about 50% 
or more of the paper in their home because they realize they're giving themselves permission to trash it, not to stash it. So crud is the very first thing that we need to look at to be successful. Unless you can get rid of the stuff you don't need, you're never gonna be able to manage your papers. So that's the first and foremost on my list. So here's just a few examples of what crud is, right? It's uh, sales circulars, prospectuses, credit card offers, all of the things here, catalogs, coupons. Um, and then I like to say it's kind of the, the appeals, right? I'm in that age and stage where I get alumni appeals, political appeals, charity appeals. It's never ending. To me, this is all crud. I have the the places that I traditionally donate to, I know how to donate to them. I don't need to get a nickel in the mail with an envelope. Um, all of this stuff is the stuff that you need, to, I feel that you can almost immediately get rid of right away. Okay, so that's kind of the crud. Now I wanna move on to A for action items and active projects and I'm getting excited about this because this is where 80, 75%, 80% of your focus on your papers needs to be, right? At like file actos action, things you need to take action on, active projects, things that are currently active projects. Um, if you're watching this in real time, it's the summertime. How many of us are actively preparing to travel, perhaps for the first time in a long time, right? That's an active project. That's probably on your desktop right now. The action items are, I think of as kind of ongoing items, right? So people often think of these things as their to do's. And I don't know about you, but I remember I'd go into a client's home and they're like, oh yeah, it's in my to-do folder. And it would literally be an inch or an inch and a half thick. Like, how can you find anything? How can these all be to-do? Well, they probably are, but they haven't been um, broken down or prioritized. And that's what's so important. We need to, we all have such limited time. And again, I wanna thank you for taking a bit of time out to watch me live or to listen to the replay. We have so limited time in our life. So to like churn, one of the technical terms we use is people who just churn the paper, right? They put it in a pile and then they're like, oh, I know it's in that pile and they're just churning through it. So much time and effort is wasted with just labeling it all as to do. So I want to break it down into action items and active items, but I feel that this is the most important place to focus your energies. Next are the reference papers, okay? And you guys often just think of reference as filing, right? File, act, toss. And I am going to really discourage you from using that term ever again. If you get nothing else from this, instead of calling it your filing, I want you to call it your reference. And if it's reference, that means it's something you're actually going to refer to. All right. Their statistic is that, uh, like the 80-20 rule, the Pareto rule, that we only refer back to 20% of what we filed. And filing, takes a long time. And 
I also want to tell you, the people I serve are paper people, right? We are of people of a certain age. We grew up with paper. We trust paper. I, I describe myself as a digital dinosaur. And I find that for me, it's a lot easier because I'm organized. For me to find the example I always use is my, uh, you know, when I go to the doctor and they print out kind of my most recent blood tests and those things, they hand me that piece of paper. It's much easier for me to find that piece of paper in my medical records, in my actual folders, than it is for me to go back on the portal, work my way through the digital nightmare that um, some of these medical portals are just remembering my password alone, and then finding that. I like to just have a piece of paper side by side. Oh, look, my uh, calcium levels went up. My bones aren't so brittle. I'm a paper person, right? So I, I wanna say I'm like you, but I find that so many people file so much paper away. So please don't think of it as filing, think of it as what you're gonna refer to. And if you're actually putting it in a folder, I truly want you to refer back to it. Is this making sense to you guys? Um, Shout out in the chat. Let me know that this is all making sense to you. I'm, I know it's a lot um, to take on, but it, for me, it makes such a difference. Yeah, we're uh, getting lots of thumbs up and uh, is absolutely, Walter thank says you. it's great. Thank you. And, um, so um, M is memorabilia. And this is also something that I think really sets my system apart because I give memorabilia its own initial, its own category. And the way I describe this is that memorabilia is heart-based. It's not head-based. And um, you know, you get uh, Mother's Day just happened, right? In the month of May, you get a beautiful card from your child and they've written in it. And it says, you know, it's not just love, you know, Steve, it's like, hey mom, you've really stepped up this year. I love you. I see what you're doing. That's meaningful, right? You're not gonna throw that out. And so memorabilia is heart-based. It's not head-based. Bills, those types of things are head-based actions, active projects, but um, memorabilia is heart-based. The other example I give is going on a vacation. Uh, my family, we just went on a big vacation. This year, I have a milestone birthday. We went on a big vacation to Europe. So planning for that vacation was an active project, right? That was all, but now all of the ticket stubs and programs and museum guides, that to me is all memorabilia. Because when I look at those things, I think about that amazing day. I, I went to Cafe Mozart in Vienna and we saved the cocktail napkin. And I can, just looking at that brings me right back to that moment, drinking that coffee, tasting that pastry. Like it's visceral, right? This memorabilia is heart-based. So, and when I talk about memorabilia, I'm talking about the two-dimensional paper-based keepsakes, right? I'm not talking about your antique chest. I'm talking about paper. Now, I know what you're going to ask me. I haven't even read the chat. You're going to be like, but what about photos, Seeley? And I'm going to tell you that I do not, I don't teach anybody how to organize photos. 
Steve knows that there is a whole group of people, Kathy Nelson and all of the other experts he's had on here who specialize in photo organizing. And I will refer you to a specialist for photos every day of the week. I'm working on my own photos, both print and digital. And I actually said, after we came back from this vacation, my daughter got a brand new iPhone. She airdropped to my tablet thousands of photographs. And I said, I, I, I really miss when you would go to Europe with your camera and a dozen rolls of film and you'd come back and you'd have a gross of pictures and maybe half of them would be worth keeping and you'd put them in a scrapbook and you, that's how you would remember your vacation because it's a part-time job now going through these digital photos. So anyway, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about memorabilia. And then the final A is archive. And archive is pretty much just what you think it is. It's generally considered the long-term storage. It's, um, it can be long, long-term storage. You're never gonna get rid of it. Or it can be kind of chronological storage. Um, after a certain amount of time, hopefully you'll feel comfortable getting rid of past um, you know, things that support your tax returns, that type of stuff. So that is kind of the, the overview. I'm just gonna show you one more time if you're like me, you might be taking notes on paper with your pen and your favorite pad of paper. So here is the karma method. A is for crud. A is for action and action items and active projects. R is reference. M is memorabilia. And A is archive. And I'm going to stop my share because I know that's a whole lot of information to go over. And I, I'm sure you've got some questions for me, Steve, and I'm happy yeah, to answer them. Yep, we do. And uh, I'm just dropping in the link to our upcoming discussion on what to do with all the digital photos. Yeah, we have yes. the recording of the photos there. But uh, Linda has a great tip. Open your mail by the trash can, immediately throw away the junk. I sometimes sorted at the mailbox and I just throw it in the outside trash can. <laughs> I love that. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you can get into that habit, Linda, thank you for suggesting that. If you can get into the habit of making those decisions right away that and not even bring it into your home, that's fantastic. I love that. Yep. And then um, Delphine says or asks, what are some efficient paper storage containers for home as opposed to metal filing cabinets? Oh, Delphine, I love this question. So I am not a filing cabinet fan. Oh, I just, again, filing cabinets are ugly. Papers go in there to die. If it's traditional metal filing cabinet, it's probably in the basement in the coldest, dampest room of the house. I am not a filing cabinet fan. So um, first of all, you know, and this is one of the things we do is I actually have my students literally take a tape measure and measure how much paper they have to start with. Like they pull open those drawers of filing cabinets because once you're looking at it, you're going to reduce it by a lot. And then a portable filing box is a great solution. Um, I love a file ottoman. I actually have my file hiding in the open in my living room. I have two simple Ikea boxes that I have a hanging file frame in. And they are, I have one for my personal and one for my business. And this is where I actually do my work is in my living room. I have a desk in my living room. And so when it comes time to filing, and I'm also gonna be honest with you, I only file like 
maybe four, three or four times a year at most quarterly, because I, I have my two file uh, action item folder on my desk. Chances are that if I'm gonna refer back to it, it's gonna be within three months. So I just pull that out. It's not very full because again, I don't file. I only put things in my filing that I refer to. Um, and then after three months, I'll file it. Um, so that's a great question. So I love a file box, a file ottoman, things that are portable, right? Bring it to where you're working on it um, versus having to go you know, someplace else. So thanks for that question. It's a great one. Yeah, we're dead. We're my wife is helping my in-laws with a move and they have this huge um, metal filing cabinets and the value of having something that's portable to get around your house is a value, but it's very difficult to move those even when they're empty. Um, yeah, so. and nobody wants them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're basically trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so the um, and and rich on the topic of trash. Richard uh, uh, reminded me, please don't throw the mail in the trash, recycle it. Yes, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, I have I this know. recycling bin, so I'm able to do that, but but that's a great reminder, Richard. Yes. And um, let's see, uh, okay, um, wow, we got lots of comments in here, okay. Oh, um, can, uh, let's see, Oh, back at the beginning, yeah. Uh, somebody had a question. What does equalize mean in this context? I think you used the word equalize. Oh, right. So that's from Julie Morgenstern's space, right? So it's sort, purge, assign, equalize, contain. I think the way she's using equalize is the way I would use the word maintain. Okay. Right. So, so after you file, act, toss, after you, you. It, you achieve your paper organizing, right? And it's it's like laundry, it's never done. You never, okay, I'm done. Cause another piece of paper comes in, another project pops up, you know, insurance, whatever, taxes, whatever. So the trick is to get to a system that you trust that you're comfortable maintaining. So I think she's using the word equalized as it, where I would use the word maintain. Okay, got it. And um, I just dropped your contact information in. Oh, in thank there. you. But um, okay, where are we at here? That was for that question was Kathy. Thanks for that question. Um, the uh, okay. Um, oh, oh can Kathleen ask? Can you post the last slide with the letters and the definitions again? Absolutely. Let me share my screen. And while there you're doing you go. that, and then Patricia. If you look in chat, I have, uh, Patricia was asking about the photo expert and I put in chat, there's two and we've had them both on online discussions they're, they're, that were fantastic. Yeah. Rachel Jenkins and Kathy Nelson. And Kathy is kind of like Seeley in that she trains people to be photo managers yeah she is she is i'd say the nationwide expert if not the worldwide expert the photo managers is fantastic and you can get so many resources so i highly recommend that for your photo organizing needs because like i say if i don't do it myself i can't recommend i can't tell you how to do it and my photos are, are organized for me but they're not in a system that i would trust because i think the the key with with this is that this process works for 
everybody. If you embrace the process and it makes sense to you to identify what the paper is, because then once you know if it's crud, it gets tossed. If it's an action or active uh, project, it's probably close by. If it's reference, it goes in a file box. If it's memorabilia, people deal with their memorabilia in different ways. It might go in a memorabilia box. It might go in filing, especially like if it's chronological letters that your parents wrote each other during the 60s. Um, and then archive usually is just storage, right? So already just by knowing what it is, we know where it goes and we know how to deal with it because archive, we don't really need to deal with it all. Once we've decided it's archive, it's just like, it goes away. It's just in case, just, and it's usually just in case I get audited or something like that, which brings us back to focusing our efforts on A, really quite honestly, there's only four categories of paper. Cause once you get rid of the crud, you only have the four to deal with. And I really like that, you know, A, action, active items, that's alpha, that's top of the mountain, that's the beginning of the alphabet. That's where you need to focus the majority of your efforts on paper. If your photos never get organized, yeah, it'd be nice, but, but you've gotta pay your bills, you've gotta plan your vacation, you've gotta, you know, you know, right now we're switching insurances. I've got to get that taken care of. I'm a grown up, right? So that's what I love about the system. Okay, great. And then um, someone asked, what do you do with the memorabilia? Like, I mean, that is a unique category. And remember, I'm reiterating what Celie said is, is that uh, this is paper memorabilia um, of right. which, yeah, not, not christening uh, gowns yeah yeah so i so the system i use is individual boxes because i think of things subject based so i have a box called family i have a box called us that's my husband and myself we've been married over 30 years and that's where i put the special letters and things um i have a box called career and that's where i put kind of the when I've been in a magazine or um, I get an award or a student or a client writes me a really heartfelt letter or now an email, I might print it out and put it in that box. And so that's how I think of memorabilia. I had a, um, a client who the way she did it was she was also a subject. So she had um, early childhood, high school, college and then in college she decided she wanted to carve out sorority so she had a box with all of her sorority stuff and in these boxes we also included photos right I do that all the time when my daughter when I was saving stuff for my daughter I had one child I put a um you know a drawing she'd make and this is when I was really good about printing pictures out I'd throw her picture in I'd be sure to you know make sure I dated it on the back so I know that when she drew that Halloween picture in third grade, she was eight. Um, but I love including the photographs in with the memorabilia. You know, we went to her first Broadway show and I have a pic, I have the Lion King program cover, not the whole program, but the cover, along with the picture of my mom and my daughter, because my mother took what she's like, I have to take. Lydia to her first Broadway show. So I have those two things together. So I think sometimes boxes can be nice. Some people say, oh, don't stick it in a box, you know, display it. 
I'm pretty sentimental. I I got to be honest with you. I have a lot of memorabilia. I could not display it all, especially because I like a kind of uh, clutter-free, visually clutter-free home. I have a dynamic frame that holds seven printed photographs and I switch those out. Um, and that's how I, I honor what's currently. So I need to print out some pictures from this vacation and put those into my dynamic frame. But that's how I deal with it. But most people will do that. Some people do scrapbooks. Some people just do filing it. You know, they put all their playbills, you know, there's actual playbill cover um, binders. In that situation, I love a binder. Um, binders work best for things that are chronological. Um, so, so yeah, it depends. We, we do talk about all these things. Great. And then two questions came in, Delphine sure. and somebody else are asking, so do you, so do you organize the archives so you can find something or is it just a stack of papers? And, and the other question was, do you have systems and categories for your A items? Yes. Okay. So for the archive, um, I, uh, teach that we kind of divide it into two worlds. So there's the permanent archive, the things we're never going to get rid of, and not to be confused with vital documents. Vital documents, things like your birth certificate, divorce, death certificates, those are different. Those are not archived um, in my system because we want to know where to get our hands on those. In fact, I teach that we um, put those in kind of a grab and go bag. So we always know where those vital documents are, those essential documents. I don't like them filed and they certainly shouldn't be archived. Archive is really in my mind, just in case. So it's, you know, it doesn't need to be anywhere near your desk. It can be in the attic, in the basement, as long as it's not gonna get damp. Um, and so, yeah, so we kind of do permanent archive and then short-term archive. For me, a lot of my stuff is just chronological. So it's 2023. If I come across a box that's 1999, it has, you know, it has old, old stuff. And we're pretty good about getting rid of it on a kind of a decade basis. So we probably don't have anything from 2010 or before at this point. Um, but I know that anything in that box is nothing I'm ever going to need to find. It's just supporting documents for tax returns, um, old, you know, bank statements, if I save them, I'm saving less and less each year as we're going forward because more and more is digital. I have to also say that my um, my class, I don't tell you to digitize anything, right? A lot of people are like, scan it into the cloud. And for me, if it's in the cloud, it's like gone. I'm a paper-based person. I need to touch it. I need to feel it. I still read real books. Um, so I, so my system is not a scanning solution. If it already is digital, then you don't have to print it out, but, um, but I, I'm not going to tell you to buy a scanner. That's not my system. That's, that's not realistic. I don't think that's a whole lot of labor or not a big, um, payoff because if you're looking at your paper critically, you're going to reduce it to a manageable way. Um, so, and then the other question was about the action items. Yeah, we definitely, um, I give you all kinds of suggestions of what those can be, you know, to pay, to file, to do, to read, um, et cetera. But I teach that it's important for you to decide, right? You need to take in control of it. This is the difference. I'm not going into your home and helping you sort this out. You're doing this on your own. Oh, I have a case study 
we should maybe take a, pic, a close uh, look at some pictures. Would you like to do that, Steve? Oh, that would be great. And yeah. then, but then let me, before we do yeah. that, let me get these two questions sure. here. Elaine says, how do I handle the fear of later needing papers that I've thrown away? <sighs> yeah, okay. So that is a whole lesson and really kind of what I wanted. So what I say is that paper improvement leads to life empowerment, right? I want you to control the paper. I don't want the paper to control you. So it's getting started, right? Good and done is better than perfect and none. And one of the questions, and we have a, a bunch of questions, but one of the key questions is, what's the worst that could happen? And when you put this in the big picture thing, when there are floods and fires and people's, all of their papers are being just disappeared. What's the worst that could happen? That's the worst that could happen. And yet they're still able to go on. So if you can't find the receipt for the washing machine and you think it might still be in, you know, uh, was it a year ago? Like that to me, and I think also most of my students are older, right? We are, it is, we're, like I say, we're at the aging stage. Do I really wanna spend the last 20 or 30 years of my precious life worrying about this stuff? No, I wanna get this dialed in, figured out and move on. And that's what's so exciting. Like, you know, people are like, you're passionate about this. I'm not passionate about paper. I'm passionate about the results it gets my students, right? I had a student who was able to retire because she was got on top of her financial papers. She was afraid of opening the mail with her financial information because she was afraid of the numbers. And when she finally did it, she couldn't even go to a financial person until she had the information gathered to take to them, right? When she finally did that, she they were like, hey, for a single woman at this age with social security and these TIAcraft benefits, you could retire tomorrow. Yeah. There's a lot of emo a lot of emotion that's right. tied up in these things. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, Elaine says shredding is time consuming. Any other ways to discard paper? I'll tell you, Elaine. My wife, she's really dialed in on this in our household, um, and she is always putting her crud in these bags. And there's these free shredding events that are all over the place, and she just takes it there and watches it get shredded in some big, you know, industrial shredder. Um, Celie, do you have any suggestions? I, I knew this was gonna come up. So I pulled out, one of the things I love are these ID stamps um, and you can get them for like 17 bucks, 14 bucks from Amazon. And it literally just blacks out. Um, the other thing I have to tell you, Elaine, is in 2023, I don't know how much you need to worry about shredding. I'm, I'm not a big proponent of shredding. Go ahead and mix it in with your kitty litter. Get out a hose and make it wet. I, I, I other, don't- Other approaches that are- Yeah, getting, yeah. yeah, but I agree. You know, if, if shredding something, and I always teach my students, because I say, I'm not a lawyer or an accountant. I am just a certified professional organizer. You need to do what, what you're comfortable with, but- I agree, just saving them up and taking them to these charity shredding events um, or finding out whether in your uh, jurisdiction here, I live in Arlington, Virginia, 
on the first Saturday of the month, you can take two banker's boxes and watch it go up and into the shredding machine. So there are lots of ways around it. I don't want you to, again, to spend your precious time on busy work, shredding, filing stuff you're never gonna look at. I want you to enjoy your life, so. Um, okay, I, I'm dropping into chat a great uh, um, comment that was in questions. It's, it's pretty long, but in essence is talking about how this hospital, how the staff, it was so difficult for the staff to go to digital records because they felt like they needed to hold things in their hand. And I think there's a balance between paper and digital. And there's situations where we need to move into the digital age. And right. there's situations where, you know, there, there's things that will probably always we're going to have those on paper. Um, yeah. And, Remember uh, when they said we were going to be a paper-free society? I think we are, depending on your age. My example is my daughter lives in England. She has a high-level job as director of communications and product for a company in Scotland. She works remotely. She doesn't even own a printer. And I think it's more, it's, it's that they're digital natives right? I'm a digital dinosaur. And we each have one foot in digital and some of us have more than one, you know, half a body in paper. So that's why I think it's so important to figure out how to deal with a paper because we're not a paper-free society, right? There's um, what we each get uh, 400 pounds of junk mail or I've got 300 pieces of junk mail a year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so, so yeah. Um, um. So let's see, uh, as I'm looking at the clock, let's jump on that. Um, case oh my study. gosh. Yeah, okay. no, that's okay. But I, I really think the case study will be great. And then we'll we'll get through these, uh, the questions that are coming in. And I can stay uh, late if people want to. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and, and just reminding, I'm gonna have every, everything's recorded too. Great, so you guys can all catch up. So one of the things that people always ask me is how to get started. And so I wanna share, um, Hold on, come on, there we go. A case study. So uh, um, this is one of my students. She, uh, in, in full disclosure, she also happens to be my cousin. Um, but, and I wanna share a really quick story with you that she has given me permission to share as well as these photographs. Um, let me stop my share for a second because it's an important story. So she was uh, taking care of her husband who had Parkinson's. It, he, she was 24 hour caregiving, overwhelmed, paper piling up, no system. He passed away when she finally was able to kind of surface. She realized that she had not paid their, his life insurance premium. And because she lived in Florida and 30 days had passed, it was too late. The grace period was over. They paid in for years. And she said it was because she, not just because of the grief, but because she just wasn't opening her mail. And so she wanted me to share that story with everybody far and wide because it had a real financial toll on her. But she joined my paper cleanse group and these are kind of some amazing results. So from the very beginning, um, she said, this made me think about things in a different light and helped me get my workspace really productive. And these are her before and after pictures. This is what she did on her own. She's a widow. None of her children live at home. 
She did all of this work on her own. And when you see a desk piled high where you can't even fit a laptop to a smooth surface, it makes you realize what you can accomplish on your own. Everybody at home can take, you can do this because I've seen it happen over hundreds of, hundreds of students at this point. So this is what actually worked. We, she moved her desk to a better spot where she could watch TV. She actually had her action files right on her desk and she moved them over to the left. And these are her action files in use. So she has divided out what she's actually working on, on her desk. And her desk is smooth and clear and ready to put a laptop on because she has, she's figured it out, right? So, um, you know, these, she sent me these, these were just a few of the paper before pictures. And we, you know, this is what I find, just boxes and bins piled high, not, you have no idea what's in there. It's mail, it's insurance, it's taxes, it's all kinds of things. And there might be some really important stuff, but you just don't have a system on how to deal with it. Um, and so this, so in my uh, class or in my membership, we had a thing called the March Sanity Challenge. Um, and what we did was we challenged people, people to get rid of stuff. And she said, I didn't count the pieces of paper I'm getting rid of, but I think I've met challenges six and seven. This represents the paper she was able to get rid of. And she said, I don't even need to save that much. So far, I only have a half a box of archives and I'm almost finished sorting papers. And what an achievement for her. And again, she did this all on her own. So this was her after, right? And it's still just in this one filing box. So when you asked me about um, filing and like file filing cabinets, she was able to get all of her reference files into this one portable filing box that she can pull out, easily access, put in a closet. And I mean, she did all of this on her own. It's just, it, it makes me so proud and so excited for the progress that she's made when you think about where she started. Another project she did, she said um, that she had calendars and diaries that filled three large heavy totes and she was able to reduce it to this much. Now I have a small pile that fits in a plastic grocery bag. That's just because she was able to trust herself. And she's, you know, she said that she just got rid of, she only kept what she needed. And she did it whenever she had a few spare minutes, right? She just did it as an ongoing project. It didn't overwhelm her. And she trusted the decisions she's making. She trusted that she was saving what she needed. And that comes with practice. Um, then, you know, so, you know, we're talking about paper organization, but she took it to another level. These are the before and after pantry pictures from, um, we have a sort-a-thon in our membership. And so now that space is functioning. And, you know, she thought these bins were gonna work, but she got better bins. She repurposed these someplace else. I was just so wowed. So this one is one of my favorites. This was where she started with our, our March sort-a-thon. This is her bedroom and this is where she started. This was where she got after two days, these things in the corner are the things she's decided to save. And then this is where she ended up. 
So she actually cleared the floor and she started on March 11th and this was the picture she posted on April 11th. Now she still has these in the corner, but what a difference that is. Um, she said she donated 108 books to the hospice thrift store and two boxes to friends of the library and nowhere else. She's literally breathing better because she's able to get to her um, bookshelves to dust. Uh, these we have also every month we do a challenge. This was the organized other office objects challenge. She did kind of all of, she was a former teacher. So she has a ton of uh, office supplies. And then she had these greeting cards and she actually took those piles of greeting cards and created this. And she said she got rid of 169 cards and 125 empty envelopes that she was holding on to just in case. But look at this, now when somebody dies, she knows where the sympathy cards are. And I love the way she's done this kind of birthday, belated birthday, get well, it's all, you know, fantastic. Um, so I just need to say thank, special thanks to Ginny and all of my amazing students. This is, if you wanna learn more about paper cleanse, that's um, sealycolly.com. You can learn more about the wait list. It, again, there's no obligation, um, but, people on the wait list always get special treats. So, right. so that, that kind of shows what one person can do with, with the education and also the community, right? I, was, I wasn't there holding her hand. I was just the spark, right? I taught her some fundamental concepts. And then we have a community, which I think it's kind of like keeps the fire going because we all encourage each other. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a hard thing to do on yes. your own. Yeah. So the um, to keep up the momentum. Are there um, some more questions? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, Linda says start cleaning out one hour a, a day or every other day. Break it down. Yeah. That's I've heard that uh, many yes. times, Linda. And um, Ellen has a great question because I think we are all guilty of this. It's the manuals for the appliance and your yard <sighs> equipment, like. What, what is your thought on that when you are guiding people? Okay, so, so again, one of the questions I ask people is what is the easiest way to find this information? And so you need to answer that question, but chances are it's gonna be online. So I, I'm uh, just, you know. Yeah. Honest to God, like this, you, you really, open, nowadays, if you type in the model number into YouTube, you can watch a video of somebody unclogging your dishwasher versus those manuals are horrible to uh, figure out how to go through them. Yeah, no, that's so exactly, Steve. This is what I say. So I just tell uh, my students, save like the cover, be sure you know the make, the model number. I usually jot the serial number down. I often staple the receipt to that if it's paper receipt or I'll, I'll, I will literally print out a receipt if I purchased it online to have the two together but I'm just like you, I'd much rather some good looking guy on YouTube tell me how to change the filter on my new fridge than trying to figure it out myself because I can have it on the phone, stop it. Okay, let me do this. Okay, start it, right? So much easier. That's when the digital world really helps us. So it's the real question is, how is it easiest for you to find that information? If it's a grandfather clock, 
chances are that's not on manuals.com, right? You might want to really hold on to how to clean and wind your grandfather clock if you actually have that information. But, you know, I just say reassure yourself, especially if it's something that's that's been manufactured in the last 20 years. Um, Definitely it's going to be online. Okay. Bunch of questions related to this. Uh, somebody wrote, just in case, that's the thought in our mind and our heart that gets us every time, just in case, I agree. And then somebody else says, like, and, and you could insert anything into this. Kathy says, how do you deal with things like articles from grad school, which you'll probably never reread, but you just have a difficulty throwing them out? Kathy, I'm gonna drop into chat uh, an app that we featured on one of our previous discussions called Artifacts. Yes. That that might be a solution where it's like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of it, and now I'm going to I'm going to write a story about it, and I'm going to put it on Artifacts, or or it could be a scrapbook, it could be anything, but taking a photo and documenting it can be a solution. But but Seely, any um. Any tips that you have in that area? So, so I, so this is something interesting, and I literally was just talking with Heather from Artifacts about this recently. So, my husband was a lawyer. We, he literally had a wall full of diplomas from high-end schools around the world, which served him well in his high-powered career. However, he's retired, and those are piled up in my laundry room right now. And you know, I, I just. So I thought this is a perfect thing. I'm going to artifact all of his diplomas, take the photographs of them, tell the story about them, right? How, you know, how difficult it was to get that degree with the student loans, right? How long it took to pay off that very expensive degree. Um, and so I love the idea of a photograph and really making it official. I think in the, the situation of kind of articles, so again, referring back, my students are the most intelligent, highly educated people you will ever come across. And they have doctorate degrees. I'm like, yeah, save your thesis, save your dissertation, but do you need to save all of the research that went behind that? Probably not, probably because that was written 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. So, um, so that's what I'd say, it's always like, save the best of the best. If you save everything from a memorabilia point of view, then nothing is important. So, yeah. um, so that would be, and especially if you already know to yourself, I'll probably never read them, right? Of all the things to read, are those going to filter up to the top? Probably not. So, so that might be where a digital solution, a photograph, but yeah. it doesn't have to be scanning, right? We have these camp, these photo you know, our, the cameras on our photo, on our phones, take fantastic pictures. And we all know how to do that, right? So. And, um, okay. And, and somebody asked artifacts. I'll, I'll, I actually dropped a, it's a company and they, they, you can take photos and upload them and write a little story. And it's a, it's also a community as well. I'll drop the website in there, um, for folks, it, but, uh, this is something I was not aware of Swedish death cleanings. Okay. But Pam says, what are your thoughts on the Swedish death cleaning as it relates to papers? And just so y'all know, we have a discussion coming up on Swedish death cleaning 
uh, next month. Uh, so do you know about the Swedish death cleaning? Yes. What yes. Like with uh, so yes. So um, so this was a book written by a Swedish woman of a certain age, and their culture really embraces this concept that you are not going to leave all of your papers and stuff for your kids to deal with. And I swear to I wish that we were a culture that believed that because I don't know about you, but I cleared out my father's stuff, my mother's stuff, my sister's stuff, and I know I've got my mother-in-law to come and she's got two houses and I wish she was going, I wish she would embrace the idea of Swedish death cleaning, not just her papers, but also all of her stuff, but also making sure that the things that we need, right? Um, passwords, I, I literally, a colleague of mine, Kate Hufnell tells a story that uh, uh, somebody, a friend of hers, Father died unexpectedly. They couldn't get into his phone. They went to the funeral home to get his fingerprint from a dead man. Yeah. Right? So get those. If you're going to, you know, again, this is something we talk about. Make sure that your loved ones know how to access the bills you pay online so that the lights don't get turned off if you pass away unexpectedly or even just in the hospital and you can't take care of it, make sure that you have your directive, your legal, financial health directives. These are all such important grown up things we need to deal with. I would so much rather we invest our time in that part of death cleaning, of preparing, because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure we're all gonna die. And chances are we're all gonna have to move from the homes we're in eventually very, I mean, I totally support aging in place and that's what I plan to do as well, but let's make it easier for those that will be left behind. So I, I love the idea of Swedish death cleaning um, and I, I will definitely check out that uh, talk next, that discussion next month, Steve, thank yeah. you. And then um, Nolu, I'm sorry that I didn't see your comment here, but it's this is an important one. It says, I've downsized to a one bedroom apartment, so how to get started on the action items. I've already got hundreds of, got rid of hundreds of books, but I'm still overwhelmed by action items. First off, the fact that you admit that in a discussion like this, you you are leaps and bounds of, in front of all of us. Yes. But but Celie, you train people to help individuals like Nola too. So if it's overwhelming to sit down and do this on your own, you can connect her with some of your absolutely, advisors. absolutely. So um, Nola, by all means, reach out to me. Depending on where you live, I know everybody in the DMV and I know people nationwide as well and we can find the right person if you want somebody to come in and help you the other suggestion I would make is and this is what we find in my community is co-working so find a friend we actually do this on zoom and or in like a Facebook room and we're all like okay Friday at two let's set ourselves up let's finish out the week let's set ourselves up for the weekend and just for an hour we're all working on our project. There's another uh, website called Focusmate where you can do three sessions a week for free. Give that a try. Focus, Just, it's called Focusmate? Focusmate, yes. Okay. Um, and so you they'll match you with a stranger. And so occasionally um, before I had my community, I would do that. And I literally, there was like a Spanish woman who barely spoke English. And she's like, I'm writing a book. I'm like, I'm paying my bills. Okay, wow. heads down. 
Um, okay. so, I've, I've never so, heard of this. This is yeah. great. I'm sharing that with every, everybody. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, like it's like co-working digitally can be just having, knowing that you see somebody else on the screen with their heads down, working on their project. You know, I always make sure I've got my beverage. I've used the restroom. I've got the things I need and just settling down for even, you know, one of the things we're doing in my community, we call it the 10 minute triumph. And for the month of June, five out of seven days a week, we're all just working for 10 minutes. I think somebody mentioned this, working for just an hour, but we're just doing 10 minutes. So my challenge for myself is these photographs from our European vacation, 10 minutes a day, I'm going through, right now I'm just deleting the ones I don't care about. That's, that's all I'm doing right now. My goal is hopefully getting that done and I'm just doing it in 10 minute increments each day. So, so small increments, you can make huge strides in small steps. And the other thing I'm gonna tell you is progress, not perfection. And if you've already downsized to one bedroom, you've probably already embraced this concept, but small progress is still progress. You know, motion equals momentum. So just doing something, even if it's not perfect, even if you might have to go back and re-redo it or rethink about it, some kind of progress is great progress. Oh, this is good. Um, you've, I, I didn't realize this until just reading this and hearing you. You've got all these great little quotes that you say. And some, <laughs> Kathleen says, can you send all your helpful phrases in a book? Oh, yes. So that's that, you know, I should package them up. I know I, sh I share them. I have, you know, I've been doing this 20 years. And like I said, I've got an acronym for everything and a well, little phrase for everything you know, as well. well. The funny thing <laughs> is that this, another person typed in your quote. It says, if you save something, then chance exists that nothing is important. Right. If, if you save wrong, everything. Yep. Then, no, that's, yeah. That's really yep. uh, important. Yes, the webinar is being recorded. It'll be a pro-aging this afternoon. And Celie, if you're okay, can you send me a PDF of that PowerPoint? Because I could put that on the, uh, on the recording as well. Um, I guess I could. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, wow. I knew this was going to go long. Let me, let me. Yeah, I'm up. happy to stay longer if there are any other questions. Wrap up. Oh, this, I'm kind of curious about this too. Patricia wants to know, are your husband and daughter as organized as you are? Oh, great question. So um, he's probably not going to watch the recording. My husband is a saver, right? I find that in so many relationships, there's a saver and a spender, uh, you know, somebody who accumulates, somebody who doesn't. Um, he, he feels great comfort with excess. And so we've managed to figure that out. So the excess is contained and we, you know, we limit our, our we limit it to a, a place where we can both be happy. Um, but I would say from an organizational point of view, right? So being organized isn't really about being tidy. It's about knowing where to find things when you need them. That's kind of how I define it. So from that point of view, yes, he is organized. And my my daughter is um yeah, I mean, her bedroom was a mess. I used to say, you know, she dressed from her floor drobe, the clothing on the floor. Um, but now she's a grown up. She has embraced kind of being organized. So thank you for that. I would say that they're both, they've both uh, learned from what I've taught them over the years. Okay. And then a bunch of questions, and we'll wrap this up is, is that people can join your community by going to simplifyu.com, correct? So 
uh, best to go to cleecawley.com, C-L-E-E-C-A-W-L-E-Y.com. Um, that's where you can get, um, you'll see the 10, um, uh, the 12. Okay, I got it. 12, 12, this is it, the 12 types of papers to toss today. And that'll get you into my email world. But I also have a free Facebook group called Organizing Solutions for Busy Women, um, where we do, I share all my tips and things. So that's a, a great free place to learn more about me as well. So get into my world, get my tip Tuesdays. Last week, I did a tip about scams. Um, and that's on my blog. And I, I highly recommend everybody reads that. So it's not just organizing. I really want to serve the audience that I love, which is the older community. Um, and so those are kind of where I, you're not going to get a lot of tips from me on organizing for, you know, end of school events, because I've got a 24 year old, like I, I'm not in that age and stage and most of my world is not in that age and stage. So I think it might really benefit your community, Steve, because that's who I'm who I'm trying to talk to. Yeah, and, and maybe we can organize a, um, uh, a, a group, uh, you know, uh, a session or something like that. I'd love to come back and answer yeah, so, any and all questions. Absolutely. Okay, this is great. Thanks so much. Thanks to everybody. Um, oh, thank you all for taking your time out today. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry it went long, but. Oh, no, I that's great. It means it's good. Uh, lots of questions. It was fantastic. So, uh, folks, I'll get this up this afternoon at proaging.com. Celie, send me your PowerPoint. All of her contact information will be there. All the chat will be there. And uh, we can. Um, Hopefully, I think we helped a few people today. I think awesome. so. I hope so. And I, again, Steve, thank you so much for these really informative, free discussions. There's so much value in your community. I love it. Thanks a lot. Okay. okay. Take care. Bye, guys.